listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Broncos This Week, wrapping up the 2021-22 edition of the uh, podcast. Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman. And, uh, you know, just having a conversation with Cassidy Viason, our marketing person here with the Broncos, about how this is the first time that I can recall where it was like a sudden elimination from the postseason. You know, every other year the, the team hasn't made the playoffs. You could see it coming. Granted, there was that moment where the mathematicalness of it happened all happened, but you could see it coming, whereas with this one, not so much. And uh, I imagine uh, a somber mood around the team this weekend. Yeah, it was tough. You know, it's unfortunate for the guys who um, were hoping to kind of put themselves in the driver's seat on, on Friday against Prince Albert and weren't able to do so. And then they were at the mercy of other teams and hoping that they would get the help that they needed. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work with, with PA beating Brandon on Saturday. That was the final nail in the coffin. So I can only imagine how difficult it was for those guys to, to watch that game. I know they were watching it as a group, so I'm sure that was a, a tough room to, to be in and be in that environment. But, um, you know, for the guys to get to this point or that point of the season and for the games to still be important, I think is a massive, massive win. I don't know how many people outside of that locker room thought that come game 68, uh, the Broncos were still going to be in the hunt. So it's obviously disappointing for those guys to, to just fall short of that goal they set out for themselves at the start of the year. But I do think that they can take a step back and realize uh, that the season they had was pretty impressive and uh, they should have a lot to feel proud about um, heading into the offseason here. For sure. Had they made the playoffs this year, that would have been a, a huge surprise to many. You know, going back, and I remember when the team made the moves that they did for that 2018 championship, and everyone was was very, very ho-hum about the uh, the Swift Current Broncos' future. You know, you heard things like no hope of playoffs for six, seven years, and you know, year four into this, the fact that they came within an eyelash is a huge feather in the cap for a lot of people in the organization. Well, and that's just it. Um, you know, the the 2019 draft class, I think uh, the, the, the amount of high-quality players they got from that one draft class is a huge reason why they were able to take st- uh, such a huge step forward this year and that's not to take anything away from the other age groups that are on the team because every single player in that locker room had impacts on the team one way or another but um, you know to get that many players in one draft year is pretty amazing so certainly tip of the cap to the Broncos scouting and management staff who were involved in that draft class to help the team get to where they are now and it certainly bodes well for the future like you said with all those guys coming back and, and the O2s and the O3s and O5 fives and now the 06 is coming in next year as well um it's it's just you think that the only the only direction the team can go is up and uh, you're looking forward to training camp already after the guys get their much deserved off season in and some time to kind of uh, reflect and relax for a little bit before it gets kicking back up in august and um, we're looking forward to seeing what the future of this team holds absolutely uh, head coach devin Pratt will be joining us on the broadcast uh, we'll get his breakdown of the season and throw a whole bunch of questions at him he's been very very busy with exit interviews but maybe Maybe not as busy over the last few days per se as there's seven players that he was unable to get exit interviews with because they were basically whisked away to Germany. Yeah, wasted no time getting those guys there. I mean, they had to, to get there as soon as possible after the playoffs ended with the season getting extended an extra two weeks that kind of created that scenario where they needed to, to get them there as soon as they possibly could. So um, I had to drive a couple 
of guys there to Regina on Sunday night and uh, was happy to do so to for those guys to get that opportunity to fly out at you know the crack of dawn on uh, on Monday I guess that would have been and make their way to Germany after a, a hectic day at the airport uh, as as told by Reed Dick on uh, on the Broncos website a couple couple delays uh, getting to Germany but finally made their way there and then lost some luggage on the way but got it all sorted out there I was told their luggage was supposed to arrive at 10 o'clock this morning over in Germany after getting uh, shipped off from Canada so very excited for those guys it's such a cool opportunity for them to go and, and the fact that there's there's six of them who are there on Team Canada alone is, is pretty amazing an experience those guys will never forget and uh, we're hoping they come home with some hardware in, uh, in about a week and a half yeah and uh, I saw this on social media no team has ever sent six players to Team Canada in in one setting so again that's just something that speaks to the the future of the depth of this organization yeah I think when I was going through um, previous U18 rosters to try and confirm that fact um, I think I found eight other teams that had three guys on the team at one time but there was never more than three on on any given team so like you said a huge feather in the cap for the team to have that many high quality players in that age group at once is uh, something that literally has never been seen before at this level so it's uh, it's pretty special and those guys should be proud and uh, I know they're they're rare and ready to go for that first game against the U.S. on Saturday. Yep and congratulations to those six players representing the uh, Swift Current Broncos on Team Canada and of course Ryan Bedahar with uh, Germany and well as I was doing the the Twitter scroll today I had to do a little bit of a double take looks like your season's getting extended in a very unconventional way too. Yeah I've been traded uh, temporarily to the Brandon Wee Kings um, it was asked uh, by their I guess now former broadcaster Brandon Crow uh, about a, a week ago that if the Broncos didn't make the postseason if I would be able to to fill in for him as he has a new job with Hockey Canada actually so he asked if uh, if the Broncos didn't make it if I'd be able to fill in for him for the duration of the playoffs uh, however long it may be and um, you know ran it by by Chad who knows Brandon Crow quite well from their time together in Verdon ran it by uh, Nathan McDonald and everybody had the uh, the okay with it so I'm um, excited to head out there I'm gonna be driving myself back and forth to, to Red Deer and Brandon so it's a bit of a trek but um, it's gonna be exciting I'm looking forward to, to getting a chance to get some playoff games in and uh, we're gonna we should set the over under on how many times I say Broncos instead of Brandon on these uh, on these broadcasts for the playoffs there is absolutely no <laughs> chance that that won't happen and I, I ask podcast listeners who are going to be listening or watching the games give you a little bit of leeway with that because yeah I you know as a former baseball play-by-play voice when the Swift Current 57s had their name change I even two years later I was still slipping and referring to them by their former name so absolutely zero chance that doesn't happen but just to be clear you you're still a Swift Current Broncos employee you're not going to work full-time with Brandon no no this is just a temporary thing for playoffs uh, however long it may be one two three all the way to the finals would be pretty amazing but um, no it's just for the duration of the playoffs and as soon as um, that final buzzer goes for whatever game that ends uh, the week king season I'll be I'll be done and uh, back on back on full-time duty I guess with the uh, Swift Current Broncos yes and absolutely you know we're we're both very very passionate about the Swift Current Broncos in in what we do but we're also very passionate about the league as well and the postseason is getting underway uh, I'll, I'll let you pass on predictions for the Red Deer Brandon series as <laughs> that's you. now a conflict of interest for you but uh, you know I'll, I'll tell you my predictions curious to get yours for the uh, first round of the playoffs going out west Everett and Vancouver that's tough I mean Everett it's, it's so funny because I you know heading into almost every year you just assume that Everett's going to take a step back at some point and they just never do they're just consistent 
consistently like the number one or number two team uh, in the Western Conference, and they did it again, finishing with 100 points and 45 wins. So, I mean, look, Vancouver's got some good players. You know, they got Fabian Lysel, the first round pick of the of the uh, Boston Bruins. Alex Cotton, they got from Lethbridge, a Detroit Red Wings draft pick. Um, but I mean, that's that's a, it's kind of a, a David versus Goliath matchup there in round number one. So I, you know, I could see Vancouver sneaking out a game if uh, a goalie stands on his head. But I think uh, saying Everett in four wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a stretch. I had Everett in five. I think, you know, Vancouver, for the, for the reasons you mentioned, uh, Connor Horning, part of that organization as well, former Swift Current Broncos. So, yeah, I, I had Vancouver in five, giving them one game. Kamloops and Spokane. That, to me, that's a very intriguing series. What's your thoughts? It is, yeah, because Spokane, uh, for a lot of the season, was kind of just dead in the water. They looked like they were going to be the clear or one of the two teams in the, in the West that wasn't going to make the playoffs for the longest time. And then they kind of just seemed to turn it on over the last month or so of the season. They, they won some big games. I think they beat Kamloops in Kamloops uh, back on Friday, April 1st. They won Vancouver. They swept a three-game in three-night road trip uh, in BC to kind of get themselves back into the conversation and just had a pretty strong finish to the year. They they won the last game of the year against Victoria, which they needed to win to kind of get themselves in the playoffs and also boot Victoria out. So they're a team that's kind of riding the hot hand here heading into the postseason. Now, having said that, Kamloops you know, finished one point back of Everett for first in the Western Conference, and that's a team that has very legitimate championship aspirations this year so again you know maybe Spokane could eke out a win so I think it's not uh, not crazy to say uh, Kamloops in five in that one yeah I gave Spokane uh, an extra win in that series I said Kamloops in six Ryan Smith head coach of the Spokane Chiefs uh, was in swift current during that playoff run in 2018 and the team also had a bit of a run in 2017 so there's a guy behind the bench that uh, has some high stakes game in in recent history so Kamloops in Spokane I said Kamloops in six Portland and Prince George, an intriguing series when you consider who's in net for Portland. Yeah, Taylor Gochi, of course, acquired from Prince George earlier this year and then just kind of lit the world on fire for the whole time he was down there in Portland. His numbers were uh, were pretty remarkable during his time with the uh, Winterhawks, 24-4, and four, a 2.16 goals against 931 save percentage. Uh, pretty impressive stuff from Taylor Gochi, who had great numbers in PG, just didn't quite have the supporting cast that he does in Portland. Um, I'm sure he's excited to go. You know, I, I can't imagine how, how fired up he must be, not only to to see his old teammates, maybe see his old Billis and some friends he has there in Prince George, and also an opportunity to to beat his old team as well. So uh, that's a tough one too. Prince George won some important games down the stretch. I think they beat Kamloops in the second last game of the year, which really put them in the playoff picture. Um, and their young goaltenders, they've got two young guys in Tyler Brennan, who's an 03, and Ty Young, who's an 04. So they've got some very young goaltenders, but both of those guys have come up with some pretty impressive performances over the course of this season. Again, I think Portland wins this one. It's a pretty heavy mismatch on paper, but uh, I could see PG winning winning a game, so I'll say Portland in five. Yep, and again, I, I always like to give, you know, the underdog the benefit of the doubt in some cases, and uh, I got P or Portland in six. I think PG might steal a couple from. Seattle and Kelowna, I don't really know much about either team, just based on the standings. I went uh, Seattle over Kelowna in six. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Seattle's, and again, the, that U.S. division was just a juggernaut. I mean, you look at Everett, 100 points, uh, Portland, 99 points, Seattle, 94, and then you've got the Spokane Chiefs down at 53 and Tri-City at 44. So just a, a juggernaut of a division down there in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. division. And when you look at Kelowna's record, I, I think they surprised some people. I certainly didn't expect them to be as good as they were this year. And their prowess on home ice, I think, was a huge reason why they were so good. 25-6-0-3 on home ice this season. Uh, pretty impressive stuff from the Kelowna Rockets who made that big trade to get Talon Boyko from Tri-City earlier this year. A New York Rangers draft pick and just saw it today. He was announced as their team MVP. 
Virginia for a good reason. So um, I could certainly see that one being a lot closer than the other three Western Conference series. I do think Seattle's got the edge offensively and defensively. Goaltending might go towards uh, Kelowna. So with that, I could see Seattle in six, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised if that got to a, a seventh game. All right. Uh, on this side, uh, Edmonton and Lethbridge, the Oil Kings just such a juggernaut every time we saw them this year. So deep, top to bottom, taking nothing away from Lethbridge, but I'm predicting an Oil Kings sweep in this one. Yeah, and that's and that's fair. I mean, like you said, you look at what Edmonton did this year. They kind of rolled over just about everybody over the course of the season. Now, having said that, Lethbridge did go into Edmonton and kind of shock the world with a 5-1 win um, on uh, March 27th, the last time they saw them. I think that was like one of the school nights. Yeah, I look at the attendance, 12,800 in the building <laughs> in Edmonton. And I think 16 seconds into the game, it was already one nothing Oil Kings. And then Lethbridge comes storming back and wins 5-1 in Edmonton. Uh, not an easy feat to do. Edmonton only lost a handful of games on home ice this year. I think you can count on one hand how many games they lost at the at Rogers Place or Rogers Arena this year. So um, amazing performance by Edmonton over the course of the year. And, and that's also a team that is built for this year. They are going to be a team that's lacking a lot of star power next year with all these guys who are going to graduate. And they are 100% going for it this season. So I also would not be surprised by uh, an Edmonton sweep. All right. Uh, Red Deer and Brandon, you don't have to predict that one because, as we mentioned, it is now a conflict of interest for you being the playoff voice of the Wheat Kings. Uh, but I'm not doing play-by-play for anyone, and I've saw both teams a lot this year. Red Deer just, you know, they're, they're such a well-disciplined team. They got some high-end talent. They, uh, they're physical on the back end and, and deep in goal. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Red Deer in four in that series. Moose Jones in Saskatoon. What are your thoughts on that one? That's uh, that's also an intriguing one. You, you love the travel. I mean, what's that? An hour and a half, two hours? To mm-hmm, not even. Yeah. So that's easy travel for them compared to some of the other ones here. Um, but that is also an interesting one. A tough loss for Saskatoon, losing their captain Aiden Delagrojandier for the rest of the season. That's a huge hole on defense and I don't think anybody can fill that hole for, mm-hmm. for the duration of the playoffs. And then you look at Moose Jaw and that's a team that also was kind of in the same boat as the Broncos a couple of years ago. Didn't have too, too much in the way of uh, up and coming guys. And then all of a sudden this year they're uh, they're a monster and uh, some of the guys they got you know Ryder Korzak that Jet Woo trade a couple of years ago mm-hmm. really helped them get that because in that trade they also got the pick they used to draft uh, Denton Matejchuk as well so a, a two for one deal there with those two guys who are some of their best players uh, monster season from Braden Yeager I'm pretty sure he set the franchise record for goals by a 16 year old uh, up front there as a as a 16 year old like I said and and then Damon Hunt I think I'm, I'm pretty sure he's their captain and I think he's been hurt for a little while so if he's back that's just another huge piece on on the back end for them. So I would take Musha in this series, but I, I don't think it's going to be a quick one. I think it'll be at least six games. I'll say Musha in six. And don't forget yeah, the Winnipeg PA series we didn't touch on either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, we still got that to get to. Yeah, the uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatoon. I had Moose Jaw in five for the reasons you mentioned. I, I think Saskatoon losing their captain and such a pillar of their back end, Delagore Jandier. I, I would say Moose Jaw in seven, but without Delagore Jandier, I just I don't think they can come back from losing him, especially if Damon Hunt is back in Moose Jaw's lineup. So Moose Jaw in five there. PA and Winnipeg. Yes, the one versus eight. I got a hot take for this one, but uh, <laughs> what, what do you think? You do, and I, and I understand why, because when you look at the season's series between these two teams it was uh, actually a lot closer than maybe you would expect for a, a one to eight matchup for whatever reason Prince Albert really kind of gave Winnipeg fits this year and it's kind of funny when you look at the season series Winnipeg beat them up eight nothing in the first game and then PA goes into Winnipeg and I think at the time it was the first game that Winnipeg had lost on home ice and it was an overtime game at the end of November then PA won 4-1 on home ice the next time they 
saw them 5-2 Winnipeg win in Prince Albert, a 3-2 PA win in Prince Albert, another overtime game in Prince Albert on March 21st before Winnipeg won the last two, 6-2 and 5-2. So for whatever reason, Prince Albert really gave uh, Winnipeg a hard ride this year. There was only the one blowout and the rest of them were, were pretty close games. So I do think Winnipeg is going to win. Um, they're also a team that's kind of built for, for this year, though they will still be very good next year. But I would certainly take Prince Albert, or sorry, uh, Winnipeg in that series. And I'll, uh, I'll give Winnipeg the, the benefit of the doubt, and I'll say that they get it done in uh, in five games. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going PA in seven. I think the uh, the Art Hauser Center is going to be rocking. The, and the reasons you mentioned, PA played Winnipeg well this year. Prince Albert, they are the defending league champions. There are still some players on that roster who were part of that 2019 team. Uh, coaching staff largely intact from that 2019 team as well, and everyone involved there. And when you're in the playoffs, everything matters so much. And I think PA's previous experience in the postseason, some of the personnel that they have is, uh, is not talked about enough. They're, uh, they're certainly not favored in this. And I think they also relish the role of underdogs. And just when you factor in a lot of different things and taking nothing away from Winnipeg, I mean, so deep, so much talent on that team. We saw them here, but uh, PA, they're, they're going to be tough. They're going to plead disciplined. They're going to have a loud crowd behind them. And yep, Raiders and seven, my, uh, my hot take on that one. So make of that what you will. Always good to talk hockey with you, Bosch. All right, Broncos This Week podcast. We're going to be joined by uh, head coach Devin Pratt in just a moment to wrap up the 2021-22 season. This is Broncos This Week. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast, Coaches Show Edition for the final time this season, and uh, head coach Devin Pratt joins us. Devin, I'm, I, I don't know where to start, but we'll just uh, dive right into it. Um, the uh, the team doing its exit interview process right now, albeit much sooner than you would have liked a week ago. How, how's that process been for you? Uh, it's been good. Um, you know, we've had a, a few days to decompress here and, um, you know, reflect on things, and there's a lot of uh, positive energy within the group, and you know a lot of emotion leaving the rink here <clears throat> we had a very tight team uh the boys played for each other they cared about each other uh on and off the ice so you know there's some success in that that we'll take as a staff and continue to build off and um you know we had a goal and unfortunately we come up just short of it but uh in the end we played 68 purposeful games with meaning and uh you know i think we were able to evaluate a lot about our group and what we had coming down the stretch there well and that's just it i mean i think heading into the season outside of this team in this city there may not have been a lot of people who thought you'd beat in as long as you were so to get to game 68 and have that game be the most important one of the year there is certainly some excitement of the fact that this team was able to compete for as long as they did yeah i mean we'll take pride in that um and uh, it's hats off to the guys i mean they showed up uh, with high expectations right away um they're ready willing and able to put in the work every day there was a commitment and an investment and i think at the end of the day that's why it stings even more uh when you fall short um of a goal or uh an outcome that you wanted so uh we're proud of our group i thought we played a good game here friday night against pa we just uh we didn't win on the score board and uh you know it's that time of year where you got to find some some greasy ones and and get a dirty one here or there just to uh you know give yourself and keep yourself in a game and uh, unfortunately we weren't able to do that there was lots of traffic around the net there was lots of rebounds around the net and it just seemed that uh yeah it wasn't our night you know with a, a young team everything is a learning experience and i imagine there are a few but what were some big takeaways from the last two weeks 
Yeah, I, you know what? I just think that it gets tougher and tougher to score um, late and late in the year. Um, so just that attention to detail, putting yourself in good spots and, um, you know, having a, having a belief in yourself that you can do the job. So um, that'd be one for sure. Um, you know, I think as a group, we you just look at the um, the style of play late. Things do tighten up, which I mean leads to less and less offense. But it's just uh, embracing the you know gaining zones and doing the little things. It comes down to fine details um, in those games that are the separator. Uh, and then you know just load management. And you know, I mean, uh, in those games we're playing teams that were also fighting for their life. So you know, just different styles of matching up and the way they, uh, you know, use their use their players and their personnel. And then on home ice, we're looking for matchups and stuff too. So it's always just uh, it's a great learning experience, not just for the players, but for the staff as well to um, experience and go through that. And, you know, now step back, reflect, learn, and uh, study, continue to study the game, watch the playoffs, you know, see what teams are doing, what makes them successful, and, um, you know, grow from there. Just a quick one for a guy like me that's not in the room that much or anything. When you, when you talk about load management uh, what, what do you mean by that oh it's just you know like in these games down the stretch I mean there was some of our opponent uh, forwards were playing 26 27 minutes um, you know in the run of the season most times you're going to see uh, forwards in around the 22 23 for the top end guys um, in that area and it's just you know they're we're we're all coaching aggressive this time of year and must win games and and then it's outside of that it's you know practice length uh, time on ice um, what they're doing in the weight room how they're rolling out refreshing it's just uh, you know it's a compact season. Uh, there's a lot of games. There's a lot along the journey, and it just seems that down the stretch, it's always when guys start to feel a little more sore and feel a little bit more of the aches and the pains of, you know, the the previous 60 games that came before that and 95 practices, whatever it may be. So um, I thought our guys did a great job, uh, you know, being self-aware, taking care of themselves, eating right, sleeping right, and putting that investment in. And, um, you know, there's always unfortunate events and injuries that happen, but for the most part, our guys did a good job staying healthy. I know there was some hope that the, the team and the young guys will be able to get some playoff experience but I think they basically did with those games down the stretch because those mattered and those basically were playoff games for the last couple weeks of the season for sure for sure and I think you know the the preparation was there um you know the players really bought in and uh, they believed I mean we we sat around the dressing room for quite a while here Friday night and you know it was uh we were disappointed in the result and disappointed with ourselves but there was still a chance you know and it's not over till it's over so there was still a collective belief in there that this can't be it it can't be over and um you know it uh I think just even going through that and seeing the emotion of guys um you know recognizing that it might be and recognizing that you know our 20 year olds junior careers might be over and um just being a part of that and being around it uh through the day-to-day and building those relationships um you know it's got to be a motivator for our guys yeah and you, we talked about it earlier going through the exit interview process right now uh what are you hearing from the guys is there a lot of excitement optimism about uh, next year and going forward for sure um you know obviously we got our our seven guys overseas uh representing our country and um 
uh, Badajar representing Germany and all of them representing our organization over there. So very exciting. And uh, we'll get to those guys when they get back. But uh, going through um, the rest of the guys here, it's been a very rewarding process. You know, it's uh, we have an open door policy in the room as coaches. If they ever want to come in and talk about anything, we're there. And uh, that's on the ice, off the ice, life or, or the game of hockey. And, um, you know, I think that uh, that carries over into our exit meetings. And Chad does a great job of just kind of setting that tone that we're here and we're invested to get better. So give us some feedback, uh, good, bad, ugly, whatever it may be, and let's build from there. And, I mean, you know, I think we, we learned a lot of what we knew from this group, that they did care about each other, that there was a lot of energy behind it, um, you know, that they're having a tough time leaving town. They found it was one of the closer teams they played on, and uh, I think you could see that in the their nightly efforts uh, in and around the rink. We're talking about those guys overseas, obviously they were disappointed not to be able to make the playoffs, but I guess the the, the ability to tell them the news a day or two days later that they were going over there, uh, I imagine it was a pretty rewarding moment to be able to tell those guys that they're getting that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, I believe, you know, through Hockey Canada and, um, you know, once they knew what the roster was, um, before we got them on the line, um, they all knew. So it was kind of ho-hum cool and I think me and Chad were the most excited of the two guys uh, on that Zoom call but uh, you know I we, we've we know there was a lot of emotion from them and uh, excitement as well and uh, you know I think every one of those guys were fully invested in uh, seeing this through and pushing ourselves into the playoffs and trying to make some noise when we got there and uh, you know the the team spent some some evenings together box score watching and once we knew we were eliminated uh, they got to enjoy some time together and it was uh, pretty quick turnaround for those guys Sunday you get a call in the morning and um, you know we kind of have travel arrangements lined up for one flight and then that flight's fully booked so we we find another flight and uh, they end up leaving Sunday night from town here and uh, just a very exciting uh, opportunity for them and uh, you know I think that uh, they're all primed to represent our countries well and themselves and uh, really looking forward to following the tournament. Yeah you name dropped Chad there so I'm going to ask about uh, the work that you and him have ahead of you now and uh, of course, there's various drafts in the not-too-distant future, prospect draft coming up. How hands-on is the head coach with uh, with that process? You know, the past few years, we've been looking for the key pieces to the organization and the cornerstones. Now it seems like we might be looking for pieces to augment those. You know, what what's your involvement with that process? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Chad is uh, – we have a very – open communication back and forth we're always talking about our team what's best for our team what are our needs um, you know what are our player types and and what do we need to identify and uh, I got a lot of a trust in him and the job that he does and um, you know he brings us in and gets us involved familiarizes us with prospects going into the draft here and um, and then you just look at your roster and what you have and you know players you want to identify around the league or what may you feel what you feel may complement the the environment that we have here and the and the, the group that we have so I'm um, very fortunate it's all a learning curve for me um, going through draft processes and all of this um, you know coming from U18 and provincial teams that uh, you know you don't go through that so it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun it's been very rewarding and um, you know it's a and again a, just a credit to Chad and the transparency that we have with each other about where we are where we want to go and how we feel we need to get there so it's been uh, it's been great and you know it's a busy time coming up here we have a lot of excitement um, our guys are overseas now uh, there's a few more provincial tryouts that'll go on for uh, some last looks for the scouts leading up to the draft and then you're looking uh, at the draft
draft and then the NHL draft will come up and lots of uh, season planning for us to do here, which is also very exciting. Uh, looking at the three 20-year-olds who are graduating from uh, the Western Hockey League, one guy joined this season, one guy's been here for a few, and Isaac Poulter, of course, spending his whole WHL career here. I know you had just the one year to work with these guys, but uh, what can you speak to about uh, the impact that those three guys had? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're... Uh, you're privileged enough to have an opportunity to be a 20-year-old in the WHL, you're going to be a leader. You're you're automatically uh, the most veteran guy in the room, and uh, these guys really embraced that and did an excellent job. Um, you know, um, guy after guy talked about just the, the small lessons that they learned from them, the small conversations that helped them, the experience that they had that they related to our younger guys, and uh, they're always a strong voice within our room. So, uh, extremely proud of those guys and what they accomplished here. Um, at this level uh proud of them and what they've done on the ice and and how they handle and carry themselves and uh more more proud of just who they are as people uh great people and wish them nothing but continued success on and off the ice and you know you know that uh, they got believers in us and someone that's in their corner uh they ever need us yeah i'm i'm, I'm just worried for you what are you going to do to keep yourself busy away from the ring because you have no excitement plan this off season hey eh? <laughs> you know on that uh, you know family situation how, how's that? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, yeah, we're getting along to uh, a due date's coming up here, so we have uh, an ultrasound the first of next week, and we'll have a better picture of when exactly we should be expecting our uh, our little girls, and uh, we're excited. Daddy's got to spend some time around the house uh, putting together some cribs and a dresser and all that stuff, and uh, I always say I'm not overly handy. I wouldn't build a dog house, let alone paint one, so um, <laughs> I got some work ahead of me, but that'll be fun and uh yeah just kind of get the things set up there and settled and uh we'll invite uh lindsey's mother in town sharon here at the first of may which would be great just to have uh, extra hands around to help out with charlie and um yeah he's uh He's been good. He's been very excited. Um, we think he kind of knows a little bit of what's going on and is expecting, uh, you know, a baby in the fall. I don't know if he can quite understand. There's two of them uh, coming, and he'll be outnumbered right away. But uh, exciting times, and you know, we're we we came into Swift Current in September. We come in hot, and we're again just looking forward to spending time in the community, getting out to the ball games this summer, doing some golfing around town, and uh, you know, uh, we'll be around the parks all the time with our little ones and. Uh, just enjoying uh, the community here, you know, the walking paths and uh, everything that it has to offer. So we're very excited for that. And speaking of the community, uh, the support from the community for games this season, uh, we saw the attendance tick up as the year went along and uh, I know the excitement was sort of back in the building that hasn't been for a couple of years. So what can you say about the way that the community kind of rallied around the team this year? Yeah, I think it's a credit to the players. You know, I think it's a credit to them embracing an identity and a, a style of play that they consistently brought. So if you're in the community and you heard from someone that there was an exciting Bronco game last week, um, you know, our next home game was likely to be exciting. Win, lose or draw come from it. The guy we're going to compete um, you know they're going to be physically engaged uh, they're going to toe the line and they're going to provide excitement so I think uh, you know a lot of times fans left here fulfilled and there's still some growth there's no question within our group and you know we want to get into a position where we have more success against the, the top teams on our conference and on our side and within the league and uh, start seeing ourselves there as well and working towards that daily well Devin thank you so much for uh, for doing this at the beginning of the year you were the interim coach joining us on the coaches 
this show. You got promoted halfway through, and uh, you know it, it was just a fun year to to be a part of the organization and to to go to the rink as a fan. So thank you for everything you did this year. You know, on the ice, on this podcast, and everything, man. Yeah, thank you guys, and uh, appreciate all the work you guys do as well, covering the guys and giving them some exposure. And uh, you know, we're very fortunate. We got a group of uh, you know high character young men in there, um, and I've uh, I've enjoyed listening to them and their maturity, and they're well spoken on here on the podcast as well. So. Um, hats off to the guys and uh, hats off to you too as well. Thank you. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, wrapping up another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, a big thanks to head coach Devin Pratt for joining us and breaking down the season, talking about the last few weeks. And, you know, there's, there's certainly ample excitement with this organization going forward. Yeah, absolutely there is. Um, you look at the way that these guys carried themselves all season long and the position they put themselves in down the stretch. Uh, there's absolutely reasons to be optimistic and excited about the Swift Current Broncos and their immediate and long-term future. So um, it is, you know, it's great to have that excitement back here. I know it's been a couple of years since there's sort of been that buzz around the team and to have it back now is is fantastic. And uh, it's totally a credit to, to the guys down in that locker room for the work that they put in every single day to compete the way that they did and uh, you know stay in the fight as long as they did. They have a lot to be proud of and, and this community has a lot to be proud of as well with this group. Really looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out. I mean, the future is so bright for this team with all these young guys and the young talent that they have. There's even more of that young talent coming in next season, so it's, uh, it's a great time to be a Broncos fan. We've said that a lot on this podcast over the course of the year because it's true. Um, it, it is such a great time to be a fan of this team. They're going to be a good team for a long, long time and that's uh, kind of what I think Chad has always wanted is that sustained success uh, for the team and not sort of just all the chips in the middle at once wanted to make sure that it's spread out over the uh, over the long-term future and I think the, the seeds have been planted for that and uh, this community has a lot to be excited for in the coming years yeah absolutely and uh, season ticket information will be coming out from the organization I would imagine at some point in the next few weeks and uh, for those of us who are still craving that hockey content and that news very excited with six players headed to represent Team Canada at the World Under-18s, as well as Ryan Bedahar uh, representing Team Germany. Yeah, just a feather in the cap of those guys. I know all seven of them wanted to uh, to make the playoffs this year and uh, disappointed for that, but uh, the fact that they immediately get to turn around and uh, and head over to Germany to take part in that event is is awesome. It's such a great opportunity for them, uh, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime type of thing for these guys, and I know that they're going to take full advantage of it to, to make sure that they get the most out of the experience. Their first game, I think it's a 11.30 Saskatchewan time on Saturday against the U.S. So starting off hot against the USA. Um, looking forward to watching these guys on national TV after getting a chance to see them up close and personal every single game this year. Just uh, thrilled for these guys to get that opportunity. And uh, like I said earlier, we're certainly hoping that they come home with uh, some medals around their necks. Yep. Ryan Bedahar with uh, Team Germany. Reed Dick, Owen Pickering, Matthew Ward, Josh Fillman, Josh Davies, and Connor Vidston representing Team Canada. Connor Vidston, let's talk about him real quick because we have haven't talked about him a ton on this podcast. You know, he hasn't been one of the central scouting guys. He did miss a good chunk of the the season as well. 
but uh, he came out and really, really finished strong this year. Yeah, just a huge second half for him. And, and not to say that he, he played bad in the first half of the year. He just kind of took huge strides in the second half. And for uh, a guy to come in and put up 32 points as a, as a rookie in this league on a, on a pretty deep and young team uh, was really impressive. And, and I think maybe one of the most impressive things that he did was improve on his faceoffs over the course of the year. Um, earlier in the season, he wasn't taking as many draws and he was sitting around 40%. And then after he came back following the Christmas break, his faceoff percentage shot up by almost 10% in the second half of the year. So a credit to him for learning over the course of the year and lining up with some some top guys. You know, there was often times where the Broncos would have their lineup matchups and they wanted him to go against the top faceoff guy for the other team. And clearly he responded well by increasing his uh, faceoff win percentage by almost 10% in the second half. So yet another late round steal for this organization. They've had a lot of those in recent years. 133rd overall, the first pick in the seventh round in uh, 2019 stack draft class. Uh, I think that draft class is going to be one that'll be talked about for a long, long time, not only here in Swift Current, but around the entire league as well. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And uh, three players joining the Swift Current Bronco alumni family after this weekend as well. Uh, We certainly send well wishes and best of luck in future endeavors to Eric Van Imp, Cole Nagy and Isaac Poulter. Yeah, I just can't say enough about what those guys do. Um, Obviously, you heard Devin Prodder say earlier that uh, when you're a 20-year-old in the CHL, you're a leader just by by design. And those guys were just that. Um, the the way that they carried themselves and the way that they kind of taught those young guys how to how to carry themselves uh, day in and day out and make sure that they're you know preparing themselves the way that they need to to be successful in this league and to have that sort of tenure that those guys did. Um, it was it was great to see those three guys kind of take on that role. Um, well, you know when Eric was was acquired, he immediately became the most veteran guy on the team and found a, a very good home on that defensive pairing, both defensively and offensively. Put up some numbers uh, as the season went on uh, with the Broncos. Cole Nagy was uh, the top faceoff guy for the team all season long, and then he was sorely missed in that aspect when he was out with injury a couple times this year and uh, steady offense contributor as well. More than uh, doubled his previous career high in points this season uh, in his final year and he also gets to say that he scored in his final game uh, in the Western Hockey League with that goal against Prince Albert. Um, and then Isaac Poulter. I mean, I don't know what more you can say about him. Um, a guy who was here for for four years, his whole career was spent here in Swift Current. He went through the highest of highs being here as, as a member of that championship team and, and through the lowest of lows when the team wasn't winning games and he was getting shelled for 50 plus shots a game and, and the team was really struggling and despite that, he never completely complained once. Um, I'm sure there was times he could have easily asked for a trade to go somewhere where he might have had more personal success, but um, it never it never crossed his mind. He wanted to be here. He wanted to grow with this team. He wanted to be the reason this team turned things around, and his performance this year was just that, being named the team's MVP for the third year in a row. Um, obviously, it's disappointing for him that he never got a chance to play in a playoff game, but uh, the, the way that he carried himself his entire career here, not only on the ice, but in the community as well. He was always the first guy to volunteer to go out and do community events every single time I ask for volunteers. So um, he's a guy who will never be forgotten in this community. I think one of the most popular players that's come through here in a long, long time. And uh, certainly looking forward to seeing what Isaac's future holds. Right on. Well, that'll do it for the final regular season edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. Fun doing this again with you, Bosch. Uh, very much looking forward to, uh, to getting back in here next year with this. That'll do it for Broncos This Week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.